0: 21 uh, years ago, this past Friday, um, Cynthia and I were married in Lynchburg, Virginia. Happy anniversary, hon. She didn't know I was going to say that. And uh, we celebrated this this past uh, this past week uh, as we were on vacation with her family and uh, spending some time together as a family. And we had a lot of great memories and. We, we had a good time. Uh, just remembering all that God has done over these last 21 years, and if you've been married for any length of time, there's always ups and downs, aren't there? Always ups and downs. And so we were remembering some of the things that uh, we've gone through, and one of the things that was kind of brought to my mind is, is that throughout these past 21 years, uh, on, on more than one occasion, uh, I, I've been accused by m- my wife and others close to me of uh, having what she terms selective hearing, you guys know about selective hearing. A- any of you men in particular suffer from selective hearing i, I don 't really think it's selective I think it 's actually an actual physical issue that we have right men it 's not selective right it's a- <laughs> hey, men I love it it 's actually something that we suffer from that is actually. Actually, physical. I was so glad last year when I went to uh, the doctor at 43 years old for my annual uh, checkup, and I, in my right ear, I failed the hearing test because I'm like, yes, what I've thought for 21 years is true. And uh, so, but I, I have to admit, as a husband who's been married for 21 years, and as a 43-year-old man, uh, if I'm really honest, there are times when my hearing is selective. Okay, so I just have to admit that it's Sunday, it's church, it's the first Sunday of summer fresh start and so I I have to admit that selective hearing is uh, something that I've had but you know as uh, the longer that we've been married and the older that I've gotten um, there have also been accusations uh, that I have selective memory. Selective hearing and also selective memory and I claim that that is also a physical impairment that I have just because I'm getting older. Right men? Right? So like this whole idea of selective hearing and selective memory. It's just not our fault, right guys? It's just not our fault. Some of you think we're like heading in the direction of a marriage series. We're not, okay? But uh, we, uh, we men and, you know, some of you ladies often suffer from selective hearing. But as time goes on and as we get older, uh, we suffer from selective memory. And I don't know about you, but um, as I've gotten into my 40s, um, I don't remember things like I did in my 20s and and so i'm just glad that this past friday on our 21st anniversary that i remembered to bring a card on vacation so that was a huge win for me and thank you so much michelle all right yeah thank you the rest of you can clap for me too if you want to right now Thank you so much, I remembered. I'm just kidding, you don't have to clap for me. There's nothing special about that. I did forget her birthday card on our honeymoon 21 years ago and because her birthday is also uh, coming up on Tuesday. So I had a lot to remember at, tw- at 21 years old 22 years old, and um, I forgot that. But uh, this whole idea of re- remembering things and, and selective memory and selective hearing has, has been something that really honestly, and I'm being truthful for a moment, know I've been silly for a few minutes, but um, it's been something that's really been kind of uh, something that I've struggled with. And, and I have to, this week is, is a week that I cannot suffer from selective memory. And here's how this goes. Uh, my dad's birthday. Uh, was uh, a week ago tomorrow. So on Monday, May 30th was my dad's birthday. Um, we have our anniversary on Friday uh, on June the 3rd. On June the 4th, my mom passed away uh, about a year and a half ago, but uh, up in, until then I would celebrate my parents' anniversary is the day uh, after our anniversary. So on June the 4th, uh, I had to remember for years, I had to remember my parents' anniversary, which I failed at most of the years. And, uh, and then uh, tomorrow is Sydney's birthday. And then and on Tuesday is Cynthia's birthday, okay? So, like, if I can get through the week of, like, the, the last, you know, two days of, of May and through the first week of June without forgetting any of that, I am a happy guy. I'm poor, but I'm happy, okay? By the end, by June 7th, I am just, it's just, you know, poverty stricken, and, uh, but if I remember all those dates, I'm really, really happy, And so uh, this whole idea of of selective memory, it kind of reminds me of a story I heard years ago, and maybe I'm like this guy who was the forgetful farmer. I love this story. I read it years ago. It's an old story about a man who lives in the city, and he goes out and he visits his cousin and and his cousin's family, and and they live out in the country, and they live on a a farm. And, And so he decides, as being the city dweller, that he wants to spend a day in the farm with his cousin and so he decides to do that and so his cousin uh very quickly like one of the first thing he does that day when they wake up and spend the day on the farm is he he calls his herd dog is i guess sheep dog or cow dog and 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 the cow dog uh brings the, the the herd of cattle into the pen opens up the pen with his paw and closes it with his paw isn't that great? I love that. That's awesome. Quite, quite a dog. And so the relative from the city was absolutely stunned by this, and he said, Wow, that is some amazing dog. What's her name? He asked his cousin relative. Well, the forgetful farmer relative thought for a minute, and he asked, What do you call that red flower uh, that smells good and has thorns on its stem? And he answered, A rose. Oh, yeah, that's it. And so the forgetful farmer promptly turns to his wife, and he says, Hey, Rose, what is the name of that dog? (laughs) Love that story. I'm like the forgetful farmer so many times. I hate it. I hate it that we struggle with memory. It's one of the things that as humans, boy, I wish that I could have that photographic memory that some of you guys have, but I just don't. Uh, Some of you have it, uh, but it's interesting in life that if we forget logistics of life, it's one thing. But i got to tell you, um, God does not want us, Christ followers who are here today, uh, he does not want us to forget the things of him. And so often we go through our lives and we remember the things that are important to us, the things that bring us pleasure, the things that make us happy, that we think bring us joy, and we forget the things of God. We have selective memory when it comes to the things of God. And I believe that God knew this about us, and I believe that what He did in Scripture is He would often remind us, or kind of throw up like a, a flare, "Hey, hey! I want you to remember this. I don't want you to forget this important value." And so this summer, uh, we're going to be in this series. It starts today, uh, it's really the first you know Sunday of summer. And, and we've entitled it, Don't Forget This, because there are so many things in Scripture that, that God desires for us to remember. And they often have to do with what he's done for us, and they often have to do with where we are, our condition. Because when we consider our condition as humans and we consider who God is and his character and what he's done for us, um, it, it's amazing what happens to us spiritually. We're stirred up spiritually when we think about Where we are where we've come from and where God has taken us or where he can take us as people And so this summer as you get busy into the summer I want to encourage you to be a part of church be here when you're here on Sundays and and be a part of this because we're going to be Talking about those things that God specifically says remember this don't forget this this is important and it's something that I don't want you to forget and as your pastor from a spiritual perspective I want to make sure that as you go about this summer that you remember those things of God that he says, don't forget this, remember this, don't forsake this. And we're going to be taking a look at those things in June and July that, that uh, God says specifically that we should remember. We're going to be covering a lot of different areas. Uh, we're going to be covering things like remember the Sabbath. We're going to be talking about remember that I'm the one that um, you know keeps Uh, uh, providing for you. I'm the one that has given you freedom. We're going to to talk about that on July 4th. I'm the one that has given you hope. Remember the hope that you have. Remember where you've come from. Remember, we're going to be talking a little bit about that today. Remember my promises. Remember the promises of your parents. We're going to be taking a look at these things that God does not want us to forget. And my prayer for you over the summer is that you would be here when you're here and that you would be stirred up spiritually to remember throughout the summer when it's so busy and when it's so easy to forget the things of God that you and I take this season to specifically remember what God says is important for us to remember so that we don't have selective memory when it comes to the things of God. And so my prayer is, is that you would be stirred up spiritually, that you would be stirred up in your heart for him. Now, there are those of you who are here today, uh, and I want to encourage you. If you're here today, and, and you're not a God follower, you're not a Christ follower, you know, you're, you're here because you had to be here. Because somebody said, you got to be here. Maybe you're on vacation, and you just showed up, you know, you're like... I had no idea that on vacation I was going to be at church on the first day of vacation. I want to encourage you because I believe that these things are for you as well. It's just not for God followers because some of you, some of you are so close to putting your faith and trusting God. My prayer is is that today or throughout this summer, that you would put your faith in him because of the things that are said. So this is a message that is for the believer and for the seeker and for the unbeliever and the skeptic alike. And my prayers is that it would stir you up spiritually. Now, there's one thing that I want you to realize this is a little bit different series because each of these are kind of standalone messages. They kind of supported, they're kind of supported by themselves, but I still believe it's important for you to be a part of it. So if you're not here, if you're on vacation, if you're gone this summer, please go visit our podcast, go online and, and, and catch up and listen and be a part of of what I believe is an important series that we remember the things that God says is important for us to remember. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to have you turn to Psalm, the book of Psalm, uh, chapter 103. We're going to be in Psalm 103, and we're going to take a look at just five verses today. Just five verses. We're going to look in depth at five verses that I believe are some of the most important things. And many of the things that we're about ready to dive into and to look at specifically are things that we have just sung about. They're things that we um, have just given God praise for, and we've worshiped him because of these things, and they have to do with the attributes and the characteristics of God. And I want to begin with that point in mind, is is that that what we're about ready to discuss has to do with remembering the attributes of God. Do you realize that God um, has uh, qualifications, or or, or, excuse me, um, he has characteristics that are very much like you and I have characteristics. There's a part of God that is, is uh, you know, characterized in, in human characteristic terms so that you and I can understand what those terms are and what we're gonna be looking at is a psalm here where David, the author of this psalm, goes into depth where God has inspired him to, to write down or journal some of the things that are characteristics of God that I believe can help stir us up spiritually because here's why. I want you to don't miss this at all, okay? Now, I say this often, don't, you know, don't, don't miss this. That's kind of like the whole series here. Like don't, you know, don't forget this one thing, but don't forget this today is, is that when you and I focus on the characteristics of God when we really are, are able to like drill down and take a look at who he is and, and, and what he has done for us, um, that's when we can be ignited or stirred up, and I'm using that term specifically and I'm going to come back to it at the end, that's when we're stirred up in our spiritual lives. And so my prayer through the spring and our staff's prayer uh, for for all of us as a church is that summer often is the time where we just kick back so much. But my prayer is, is that you and I would be stirred up spiritually to consider the things of God and consider what he says that we should not Forget. Let's take a look at Psalm and we're going to read verses one through five here and then we're going to go back and take a look. Now, the points today are not on the screens, they're not in the notes, so you're just going to have to listen and I'll speak slowly, okay? And I'll repeat it several times. I'm going to have five points that are, hopefully you can take home and uh, will be applicable to your lives. But let's take a look at the Word of God. This is the Psalm of David where he is giving praise and honor and he is uh, giving praise to God for who he is. Here's what he says of David Bless the Lord. O oh, my soul and all that is within me bless his holy name. Bless the Lord in verse 2 he says O oh, my soul and forget not all of his say that last word with me benefits. benefits benefits benefits. He says this in verse 3 who forgives all your iniquity who heals all of your diseases who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Now, if you go on and you continue to read in in chapter 103 of Psalms, you're going to find a lot of the characteristics of God that David continues. But I wanted for us to just take a look at these first five verses and consider what I believe are these most important characteristics of God and what they have to do with us. Because here's what I believe you're going to find about these five different characteristics of God. Is, is that these characteristics of God are only found because of who he is. They are only found in him because of who he is. In other words, you can search for these characteristics anywhere else, and you will never find them to be fully true, to be eternally true, to be steadfastly true, except in the person of who God is. And in terms of us in 2016, in terms of like right here, right now, because David wrote this you know, long before this time, um, long before Jesus came. Um, it, it's because not only of the characteristics of God, but it's because of the characteristics of God that, that allowed him to send his son, Jesus, who also resembles these characteristics, just like God does. He's three in one, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We're just saying about that. And so because God has these great characteristics that he tells us that we're supposed to remember, because of that, uh, Jesus, his son, provides these characteristics now. And so the difference between what David was talking about and what we are reading about is there's a different context because the salvation and the forgiveness and the healing and all the things we're going to talk about here in a moment that were found in the person of God were found in a different way, even though it was still found in God in the Old Testament. Now, because of Jesus, you and I who call ourselves Christ followers are grafted into the family of God and, and we find the same benefits from God through the person of Jesus, his son. And so we find these benefits and I, I love these benefits and we're just going to dive in and take a look at it. But before we do, I think we need to understand the why and the how of these benefits. Why in the world um, would it be important that um, we need to have these benefits? Benefits. Well, I think that it's it's important for us to to understand that uh, we find these benefits uh, when we seek out God and and I just want to encourage you and I want to stir you up this morning to spend this summer in his word. Don't forget his word. Spend time um, on Version if you've got a device. Man, I, I'm, I'm on there every day looking at YouVersion, looking at different verses, looking at different study uh, plans. Um, you know, I get behind sometimes. I get caught up sometimes. Um, get on Version. There's so many devices. Get in the Word. There's nothing like taking His physical Word out and, and spending time in His Word. Because this is his word to us about who he is. And so if we're going to find these benefits, if we're going to find these things that are blessings and benefits, it's going to come from spending time. And so um, how do we find it? We find it by spending time in his word. We find it through the person of God. And then why is it important? It's important, like I said before, because we will not find these benefits anywhere else other than in the person of God in our relationship with him. What are the benefits? Well, first and foremost, I think we see those benefits. The first is, is really uh, the benefit of, of understanding that guilt and shame become debilitating. And what God offers is forgiveness. And, and so forgiveness is that first benefit. Um, he forgives our sin. Take a look at verse 3. It says this, and we're going to split this into two parts. The first part of it says, He, God, forgives all of your iniquities. We'll come back to the healing of the disease in a moment. He forgives all of your iniquities. I want you, if you're a Christ follower here, and maybe you were saved years ago, or decades ago, or perhaps you were saved just recently, to think about for a moment uh, the idea uh, of what it would be like if we didn't have forgiveness of sin. You know, the story of, of God and man is is that at the beginning, he, he made this creation, it was perfect, and, and, and it, he made man, and, and of course, man messed things up. Men, it wasn't just Eve, it was both of them. Okay, don't buy into that lie. All right, it was both of them ladies, there you go. Uh, so anyway, don't believe it was just Eve, it was, it was both of them. And, and because of that, sin entered the world, and that's what iniquity is. That's what that word is there, it's sin. Imagine if God had not provided forgiveness from our sin. Imagine if that was not part of the plan. You see, you and I, one of the things that, that, that we deal with that is, can become debilitating in our lives, in our spiritual lives, is this idea of guilt and shame. It's the idea that we sin and we mess up and we disappoint God. And because we disappoint God, we may disappoint people in our lives. And, you know, we really like, you know, mess things up in our lives. And so we're, we're, we're kind of like held captive and we're debilitating in our lives or we're debilitated in our lives because of the guilt and the shame that we have and some of you grew up in a in a a home and and maybe in a spiritual environment where you know guilt was like the thing of the day that was like you know badge of honor if you had a lot of guilt or if you had a lot of shame Um, there was like maybe like this kind of passive aggressive pride in that I tell you that is nowhere found in God's plan for any one of you I want you to hear that this morning And so my prayer is that you would be stirred up in your spiritual life to shed the the, the weight of, of shame and of guilt because the character of God that he asks us to remember, that he reminds us of, that he says, don't forget this, is that he is the one who forgives our sin. Life without God's forgiveness would be an eternity of shame and guilt, if it's debilitating for a day or a week or a lifetime, imagine what it would be like if he hadn't forgiven our sin. And in fact, and I've mentioned this before, I've talked about this. I talk about it a lot. The, the whole plan of God was to to give man free will, and he, of course, he messed that up in the Garden of Eden. We mess it up every day. Um, some of us more than others, and and that separates us from God. But he forgives our sin. And so I want you to be reminded that God is a forgiving God. He is a forgiving God. And that's what David essentially stirs himself up to, to remind him that God forgives the sin. That there's nothing that you have to do for forgiveness of sin. That comes through putting your faith in now the Son of God, Jesus, because he's the one that ultimately forgave all of our sins. And so you and I can have forgiveness of sin. We don't have to uh, deal with the, the, the debilitating, spiritually you know, debilitating factors of shame and, and, and of guilt because of our sin. Yes, we need to allow God to convict us of sin. And yes, we need to, to allow God to, to cause us to repent and turn from our sin. But we don't need to carry around the weight of the guilt and shame of sin any longer. And if you're here today and you walked in here, and because of something that you did yesterday or something that you did 10 years ago or 20 years ago, you've been walking around with this, this heavy, like, a, like, you know, a, 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 like a, a refrigerator on your back, and you're trying to run a race of guilt and shame, and it just weighs you down. And it causes you to not be the best person that God's called you to be spiritually. It's time to lay that at his feet. It's time to give him that because he's already forgiven your sin. Nothing nothing, nothing in the world. Not any good works, not giving a a, a huge amount of money, a huge sum of money, not like going through a checklist of of reading certain passages will free you from the, the guilt and the shame of sin. Nothing will do that except for the fact that God is a forgiving God. He forgives our iniquity. The consequences of sin are guilt and shame, but you do not have to live in it any longer. And speaking of the consequences of sin, there's another consequence of sin. It's also there in verse 3. It says, who forgives our iniquity, but check it out. Verse 3, once again, he says this, who heals all your diseases. Who heals all your diseases. You see, not only is God a God of forgiveness, but God is a God of healing. God is a God of healing. And if we search his word, and we did a whole series on healing, I'd love to do that one day, you see that God is a God of healing, and he does provide healing from disease. He does provide physical healing. Uh, And one of the consequences of sin is disease. In fact, um, I read an article years ago where the author talked about the fact that most diseases in this world really stem from some sort of sin. And when sin entered this world, the consequences of that entered this world, but also suffering entered this world. I just had a brief conversation with someone who talked about um, the fact that they had a conversation with someone who um, really is struggling with the idea of suffering. And disease is one of those ways that we suffer. Sickness is one of those ways that we suffer. And God's, God is a God of healing. And he can and he does, in certain cases, provide physical healing. But I think beyond that, I think way past that, and I'm going to come back to that theme in a moment, but way past that theme is the fact that what David is talking about here, what God wants us to understand is, is that you and I not only have a physical disease, but we have a spiritual disease. And that spiritual disease is the consequence of sin, and so God, because of His character, not only forgives our, our 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 sin, but He also heals our disease. You see, first and foremost, God is a God of forgiveness. God is a God of forgiveness, but God is also a God of healing. I really struggled with this a year and a half ago when. My mom went through the the really very fast uh, uh, sickness that she had with a return of of cancer that we thought was long gone, and six weeks later, she had died. It really bothered me, and I really struggled with this idea of, does God heal? Because I prayed for her healing. Well, I I want you to know um, that, that my view on this changed when I had a loved one that went through this because I realized for my mom, that you know what her ultimate healing was? It was where she is right now. It was where she is right now. Because all the medicine in the world wasn't going to stop the cancer. All the medicine in the world wasn't going to stop that physical disease. And I prayed for that, and I believe that God could have healed her, but I think that his best for her was better, and that her ultimate healing was eternity in heaven, in perfection with him. And if you're here today and someone that you love is suffering with some sort of sickness or they're suffering with some sort of disease or maybe they're suffering with cancer, man, I understand that. I so understand that. And I hate it for you. And it's part of just the suffering of living on this side of heaven. But you know what? Um, God can heal that and he may heal that. But you know what he also may choose to do? He may choose to heal it in the best way that he can possibly heal that. And my encouragement to you is that you pray that God would heal, but you pray that his will be done and He would provide ultimate healing. Because, you know, when we've accepted Jesus as our Savior and we enter into eternity with God, um, that is the end of physical suffering. It is also the end of maybe the spiritual tension that you may have here on this side of heaven. And so God provides healing, and it may come in the form of physical healing, but it also may come in the form of being with God in heaven, and we can ultimately find that through the person of Jesus Christ and putting our faith in him. But not only is he a God that forgives our sin, not only is he a God that provides healing from the consequences of sin and the disease, But he also rescues us from the pit. Now, I love that word, pit. Isn't that great? And that's the third thing that I want you to see here that David talks about in verse 4. He says this in verse 4. Bless the Lord, O my soul, who redeems your life from the pit. I love that. He redeems your life from the pit. And I want to give you a little history behind those two words, redeem and pit. I love this. The word redeem means to bring into ultimate safety and the word pit literally means grave. Isn't that awesome? I love that, because when you and I think of a pit, we think of, you know, a pit. We think of an area that you go down to and that you may struggle to get out of. It happened to me a few weeks ago when I was playing golf, and I hit a really bad shot, and I went down the hill, and I realized once I got down the hill that I couldn't get up the same way I came down. You ever been there? We've been there. We've all been there, not maybe playing golf, but we've all been there in our lives where we find ourselves in a pit. And, you know, here's something about a pit. Um, That pit that I was in that day, you know who caused that? This guy right here, all right? I caused it. But some of you are here today in the pit that you're in, whether it's financial or whether it's a relationship or whether it's like something that you've encountered in life, maybe in your workplace or maybe you've been um, somehow taken advantage of by someone else. It may be that the pit that you're in was not caused by something that you did or didn't do. And so sometimes the pit that we're in is just because of life circumstances. I want you to know that he can redeem that, that he can bring you into safety from the place of the grave because of who he is, because he's a God of redemption. Fourthly, he says this and verse 4 after he says he redeems you your life from the pit he says who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy see not only is our god the god that we are to remember a god of forgiving our sins and healing our disease and redeeming us from the pit but our god is a god who loves us enough that he is going to give us love and mercy but you know it's not just a normal love and mercy it's not just a common Love and mercy. In fact, the two words that are used there in the original language are so incredibly unique. It is a unique, steadfast love that cannot be found anywhere else. It's a lot different than the Greek word from love that we used uh, 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 you know, a few months back when we talked about agape love, but it comes from that, it stems from that. But it is a steadfast, unending love and mercy that has no end end. When you think of royalty, I want you to think of royalty for a moment. I I want you to think of royalty because it says that he crowns us. He gives us a crown of love and mercy, unending love and and unlimited mercy, a a very specific type of love that implies loyalty and, and mercy, this deep awareness of Uh, for the suffering of our souls, and he crowns us with that. Think about royalty for a moment. When you think of royalty, you don't think of hatred and judgment, do you? You don't think of hatred and judgment. You think of love and mercy. And so one of the things that God desires for us to remember is is that he is the one that not only forgives and not only heals our disease and um, not only does he redeem us or rescue us from the pit, but he gives us a crown of unending love and steadfast mercy that, listen, I want you to hear this, you cannot find it anywhere else. I've been married for 21 years this last Friday, and and I have the most faithful, loyal, amazing wife that a guy could have, and I'm so thankful for Cynthia. And she puts up with me, and so I give her a lot of credit because she has to put up with a lot. You know, as great as she is, the love that she gives me doesn't compare to the love that God gives me. And if you're here today and you're wrapped up and consumed and captivated by trying to receive love and mercy from someone else, you're going to continue to be disappointed because God is the one that can give you ultimate love and mercy. Our enemies are going to hate us. Our friends and acquaintances, they may judge us, but God gives us a crown. He crowns us with love and mercy that is never ending. And then finally, God gives us satisfaction, and I love this. Verse 5, he says this. Not only is he a God that forgives our sin and uh, heals our diseases and redeems our life from the pit, and he's not, not only a God that provides unending love and, uh, and uh, such a unique, unending mercy, but God also satisfies us. When nothing else can satisfy us. Take a look at verse 5. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of the benefits. One of those, he satisfies you with good, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Man, I would love to be 19 again, wouldn't you? Some of you who, you know, are way past that like I am. 19 was great. 20, you know? I mean... I, I didn't look like this at 19. I, I, I weighed a lot less, and I was in a lot better shape, and my eyes were better. And I've already told you that my hearing was better, and my memory was better. 19 and 20, those were great years. You know what God says? That we can find satisfaction in him. I, I, want, you to, I want you to consider this for a moment. I'm, and I'm bringing things to a close here. But I want you to consider this. This summer, you're going to be leaving this place, and a lot of you are on vacation. Some of you are going on vacation. I've just come from vacation. It's hard for me to talk about satisfaction when I was on vacation uh, for for a week last week. Um, But we are going to be trying to find satisfaction in recreation, in food, in drink. We're going to be trying to find it in other people. We're going, to be, we're going to be trying to find satisfaction, and I don't think that's wrong, okay? I believe that God has given us this earth to, to uh, find enjoyment, but I've got to tell you that it doesn't matter how much, listen to this, listen to this, don't, 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 don't miss this. It doesn't matter how much satisfaction that you receive from the things of this earth, even the good, godly, like God-given things of this earth, that satisfaction ultimately will end. We are left wanting at the end of the thing that satisfies us on this side of heaven. Because our God is a God that provides ultimate and unending satisfaction. And if you're here today and you've been a Christ follower for a long time, and maybe you've gone through a period of time in your life when you've just tried to find your satisfaction in other things, I want you to be stirred up like I've been stirred up these past few months, these past few weeks, and these past few days to find, once again, our satisfaction in the person person of Jesus and the character of who God is. The reason I've been using this whole idea of being stirred up, Matthew Henry, in his commentary on this particular passage of Scripture, says that David, in that first verse begins to stir up his own soul to a new level of spiritual awareness he stirs it up by saying bless the lord o my soul and all that is, is all that is within me bless his holy name david took it upon himself to stir up his own soul by considering who god is And what God has done. And if you're in here today and you're a Christ follower, my challenge to you this summer, my challenge to you in life, based on what God says to us here, is that one of the great things that we need to remember are all of his benefits. We're going to forget a thousand things in life. But one of the things that God says that we need to remember is what he's done for us based on the character of who he is. You and I are going to forget a lot. I was talking with somebody the other day about an article that I read um, where there is a hopeful and and it looks like there is a cure to a a common disease that um, some of you probably in your life have had someone have, and it's a disease that affects the brain. And In talking to them, ironically, I couldn't remember the name of the disease. (laughs) And you know what the disease's name is by now, I'm sure some of you, Alzheimer's. Isn't that interesting, the name? I can never remember that name for some reason. Alzheimer's. Um, we may not be able to avoid Alzheimer's in our lifetime in terms of our physical bodies, but I pray for, for you and for me. I, I pray that y- you and I make the choice to not have spiritual Alzheimer's and that we would look to God's word to remember the summer and don't forget the summer the things that he's done because of who he is. Would you pray with me this morning? Father God, thank you so much for all of your benefits. Thank you, God, that you're a God that provides so much in who you are. And God, you've provided it in what you have done for us. And God, I pray that we are like David, that we are stirred up and that we take the opportunity to stir ourselves up spiritually. God, that we would take the opportunity, even this summer, when we are in the midst of the busyness of life and trying to disconnect from uh, worry and, and work and, God, find some rest and find uh, some refreshment. God, I pray that we would ultimately find that in you. And God, I pray for those who walked in here today and they're riddled by guilt. God, they, they may be riddled by some sort of disease, physical or, or otherwise. God, they may be in here and and their life right now, um, they feel like they're in a pit. They feel like they're way down deep in the pit. And God, they may have walked in here today and they are trying to find satisfaction in something else that the world provides. And at the end of the day, it just ends. The satisfaction ends, even after they've been satisfied. God, I pray in the strong name of Jesus that you would help us to not forget your benefits, that you're a God of forgiveness, that you're a God that heals our disease, um, that you're a God who rescues us from the pit, who provides for us unending love and mercy. And you're a God who gives us ultimate and unending satisfaction. And God, I pray right now for those who are in here um, who may have never accepted you as their savior. And so understanding your benefits may be foreign, but something that was sung or said, or they heard or saw today has caused them to go, yeah, I wanna put my trust in Jesus. If you're here today and you've never put your faith in him, Would you consider doing that today? Would you consider just taking that step and putting your trust in Jesus? I'm not talking about if you've done it years ago and you've just kind of, you know, gotten off the path. I'm talking about you've never put your faith in Jesus. You can have those benefits of God today, right now, if you put your faith in Jesus. If you trust Him to forgive your sins and to give you eternity in heaven. So if you're here today and you've never done that, I want to invite you to do that right now, just in the quietness of this room. And you can do that by just praying a very simple prayer to Him. Um, it's a prayer that you can pray silently to yourself. I'm going to pray it out loud. But I want to encourage you and invite you, if you've never put your faith in Him, to, to do that so that you don't forget the things of God. It's a prayer that goes like this. God, thank you for loving me enough would send jesus to forgive my sin and give me eternity in heaven with you one day and right now i uh i admit that i have sin and it keeps me from a relationship with you But right now i choose to put my faith in you if you're here today and you prayed that prayer along with me just in the quietness of this room would you raise your hand head bowed and every eye closed. If you prayed that prayer along with me, just simply raise your hand so I can pray for you. I won't embarrass you, I promise. Just raise your hand this morning. God, I pray for these who are here today, who are Christ followers. God, that they would be stirred up by remembering who you are and what you've done. And now as we sing many of those things, the many, many reasons that we have to give you praise, God, I pray that you would be pleased by it. In Jesus' name,